0: Also the culture of medicine, we were told to not care about ourselves, to just care for everyone else, to show up to grand rounds. It didn't matter how long your shift was the night before and be ready and prepared to go. That rest wasn't important.
1: Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Dr. Jen Barna, and I'm so happy you're here with me today. I hope your day is going well. And I have a wonderful guest today that I'm excited to bring to you, Dr. Hansa Bargava. Dr. Bargava is a physician and educator who is passionate about making a difference in families' lives. As a staff physician at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, senior medical director at WebMD, and currently as chief medical officer at Medscape Education, her goal is to make factual and relevant health information accessible for all. She writes regularly for Forbes for mental well-being and has authored the book, Building Happier Kids, slated for publication by the American Academy of Pediatrics in early 2022. Welcome, Dr. Hansa Bargava. Thank you for joining us today on Doc Working, The Whole Physician Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jen. I'm curious about your journey, both professionally and personally. You're also a mom, so you're juggling a lot. So, could you just start by telling us a little bit about your story, just an overview if you will?
0: Absolutely. Well, Jen, thanks again for having me on this and I love the work you're doing. You know, I think it's so important especially in this time where, you know, physicians are feeling a lot of pressure and, you know, parents are feeling a lot of pressure as well and it's been quite a year and a half, right? <laughs> on top of everything that even pre-pandemic as professionals, we were all feeling a little bit burnt out. Anyways, and now it's just probably an epidemic somewhat. So for myself, I would say, gosh, how do I summarize, (laughs) you know, the past, I don't know, number of years. So I would say my journey basically uh, segments into like probably three arenas, you know, probably when I decided to go to med school and residency and then my career as a clinician for, you know, over 10, 11 years, and then my career in medical journalism over the last nine to 10 years. So I would probably segment it that way, professionally speaking. I feel honestly, right up front, I feel incredibly fortunate, Jen, to have had this career trajectory. I mean, I think there's been opportunities that have presented themselves and they've been, you know, right at the right time. It's about being in the right place in the right time, right? And then kind of jumping and maximizing those opportunities and continuing to grow and have a growth mindset. So probably those are the highlights of my professional journey.
1: Yeah. So that's one thing that I'm really curious about. When you embarked on your journey, whether it was your intention to go into medical journalism, would you have foreseen that you are where you are now? Or can you tell me about what you were thinking originally and whether you've had some pivots along the way.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that it was not a straight path. My journey has been long and winding, but I'm happy to have that journey looking back. And I don't think that I would do anything else different. There's a few things maybe I would have done differently, but generally speaking, it's been good. I never really thought that I would end up here, but I did know that I wanted to continue to keep growing And I was always interested in where health intersected with business as well as media. So I was always interested in those arenas because I think that, you know, sometimes in medical school and residency, we just get pigeonholed into a box. And I feel like physicians and clinicians in general just have so much to offer that I think all clinicians and physicians should actually take those opportunities or continue to have that growth mindset only because we have so much to offer. We work really hard. We worked hard to get into medical school. We worked hard to get through medical school and residency. We work hard as clinicians. And one of my goals is to just inspire other physicians or, you know, talk to other physicians to come to the table to continue to grow as the field of medicine is growing.
1: Can you tell me a little bit about just what your day-to-day life is like as chief medical officer of Medscape, how your day breaks down or, you know, how you see your duties in that position as compared to previously when you were one of the chief medical writers for both Medscape and WebMD, as well as doing journalism on multiple major channels?
0: Yeah, and Jen, I was gonna just go back to a couple of things. You know, when I did jump from clinical to WebMD, I did keep my staff privileges, and I practiced for a very long time, like two or three shifts. You know, it was in emergency medicine. You'd ask like, what had made me jump? So let me just answer that for a second. And I did allude to this at the very beginning. Like a lot of us go through a career, and we end up getting burnt out, and. I was that I was there. Actually, I I was in the emergency room slash urgent care setting doing 12 hour shifts, eventually got pregnant after a journey through infertility. And, you know, at one day I was just sitting there and thinking, gosh, you know, with my feet up and I hadn't had a time to eat or anything. And I was carrying twins. And, you know, I just was like, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Is this really it? And so that's when I kind of started looking around for other opportunities. And I was lucky enough that this opportunity presented itself. But it's interesting because when I look back at that pivot, I think about the interviews that I did for WebMD when I was, you know, interviewing for the position. And one of the questions they asked was, you know, have you ever worked on anything to, you know, improve patient care, patient care facing? And of course we had, right? But Because I had taken opportunities in the hospital system, sitting on clinical protocol committees and, you know, helping patient education, I actually used that as experience to get to my next position. So the point is, I guess I would say two things. One is, you know, definitely look at pivots. I think it's a really important thing for burnout, actually, because if you continue to grow, then you're less likely to be burnt out because you're continuously exploring other opportunities. But always realize that whatever you've done so far, you can actually take that as an asset and valued, it's just shifting it so that it looks valuable to the person that you're speaking to.
1: That's an excellent point. And so it's a matter of how you frame it and also taking advantage of all of those extra committees and duties that you're asked to undertake as you go along. And I suppose you may not immediately see the results of that in the long run. It can help you in other ways that you may not expect. Absolutely.
0: And that was one of the recent pivots I've made Is actually not just chief medical officer for Medscape, which, you know, was very serendipitous that I was able to get that position. But also, you know, my training with Emory University, the cognitive based compassion training, which is honestly, I view it as a resiliency program with mental health tools. And one of the tools is, you know, when stuff happens, when we run into obstacles to change our perspective and say, you know what? actually, I could actually learn from this and just, you know, use it in my next possibility. So just shifting that perspective. So when I did those long shifts, I'm still grateful for it, even though I was exhausted. And, you know, for seven or eight years, like I really think I stressed my body and stressed my soul in that position. But still, I think there were so many valuable insights I took from them. I know patient care so intimately like you do. I know like what it takes to be a doctor, a nurse in those centers where there's so many patients coming in and you just have no time to eat lunch or even pee. (laughs) And I know what it feels like when you're going home and your legs are aching your back. That's great insights I have, right? Like we all have those insights. And so, you know, how can we use those to make things better? You can only make them better if you know them first to start with.
2: More after this message from Doc Working Thrive. We have something really exciting at Doc Working that we want to tell you about. It's called the Doc Working Thrive Subscription Membership. And it's almost a little bit like burnout insurance. If you don't need that, you just want another way to know how to thrive. This is it. This subscription includes weekly video tips delivered straight to your inbox, exciting small monthly group coaching sessions where you actually have access to be coached by one of our top coaches at Doc Working. You get access to virtual courses, including STAT, Quick Wins to Get Your Life Back, a leadership course called A New Era of Physician Leadership, and another course called Communication for the Win. All of these courses are delivered virtually, so you can do it on your own time and with your own schedule. And you also will have access to 24-7 Private Thrive Physician Facebook community. All of these different features come to you as part of the subscription It's an incredible value. We are so excited for this community. Don't wait. Go right now to DocWorking.com to find out how you can sign up for the DocWorking Thrive subscription membership.
1: I'm so interested in hearing a little bit more, too, about your experience with the Compassion and Resiliency Program at Emory, and you're continuing to do work with them.
0: I am. And I'll tell you a little bit of a personal story. I mean, My understanding and my trek into the mental health, the well-being journey happened because we had a family member who passed away from an opioid overdose. And so that was my first like, oh my gosh, wow, like this happens this close to home, you know? And then that kind of made me look into mental health a little bit more. And then of course I had some personal challenges. I went through a divorce and that was really hard. And so I was Thinking, I need some help here just to, you know, stay functional and optimal during this tough time, and that's when I did the Emory CBCT course. I did it as a student, and then I went back and asked them if there was more. And they said, "Well, you can train as a teacher," and so I did that. Now, of course, like going back to that idea of you know whatever you do could help you in your next chapter of your career. I think it's helping me tremendously as chief medical officer of Medscape because you know those are some efforts that I'm leading over at Medscape to kind of have an eye to mental health, to have an eye to outside innovative solutions to mental health, whether it's technology or courses like the CBCT program or even programs like yourselves, those are all innovative solutions, right, to burnout and mental health. So I am really grateful for having those experiences because it helps me not only grow myself, but to help others grow as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I really have appreciated getting to have a conversation with you about our program, Doc Working Thrive, which is a coaching program that has multiple facets, including community, which I think is one of the reasons that inspires us to do the podcast because I think as we as physicians are out there in the trenches doing the work and we're feeling that sort of isolation in all of these struggles, for one thing, because we don't have time to talk to each other about that while we're working. And we don't have time to talk to each other outside of work because the work hours are so long. And when you're outside of work, you have your own obligations and your family that you want to be with and significant others and friends. So to just hear your voice and the voices that we're able to bring to the podcast, and realize that as we're listening to your story, that you have experienced these kind of feelings and you know struggles, really, is somehow I find empowering because it makes you realize when you're listening to this, or it makes me feel like, wow, I'm not alone in this. I mean, even Hansa Bargava. <laughs> has experienced these same issues. And as a mother of twins, and as a single mom of twins, I'm sure you've experienced them on steroids. <laughs> that would be very difficult. I mean, it would be very difficult, I think, to be a parent of twins, regardless of anything else going on. So kudos sure. to you.
0: <laughs> oh, Jan, that's really sweet of you. But I do think that all of us experience adversity, right? Like, do we know anybody who doesn't? But For me, like the learnings from my journey and CBCT and even listening to your organization is really like not that you won't experience adversity. Everyone does. But, you know, how are you going to react to it, right? You know, that song. I teach the CBCT class to med students and nursing students at Emory. And one day I thought, okay, like, I know these guys don't know this song, but I'm going to say it anyways. And there's that song, and I can't remember the group right now, but it's a song where I get knocked down, Mm -hmm. but I get up again. Right. And so they're like, what song is that? I'm like, well, that's your homework. (laughs) Go listen (laughs) to that song because that's what it's about, really. And the other key, I think, is I think there's three things. One is, you know, how you view adversity and how you react to it. The second is community, which you mentioned. And I think the third one, which was hard for me to understand, and maybe a lot of us women physicians feel this way, is part of being able to get up again is actually allowing yourself to have that self-compassion. And I think one of the stories that we learned about in that program was the issue of like the bow and arrow, and there's a teacher and a student and the student's learning archery and the student says, well, why do we have to pull this back in order for the arrow to go? Why can't you just push the arrow forward? It makes no sense. And the teacher looked at him and he said, you have to pull yourself back and rest and get that momentum to actually go forward. And so that is a metaphor for life, right? Like you can't really go forward or get up again unless you give yourself that energy to do it. And that's one thing I think we're as physicians, as women, even as parents, do we actually allow that self-care? Because it's just such an essential component,
1: right? Yes. (laughs) It is also very easy to completely neglect yourself when you're in that position And you have so many people depending on you, you know, everyone at work and everyone at home. And it's very difficult to schedule any time in for yourself, but ultimately it serves everyone if you do, which I realize in retrospect, (laughs) and I'm hoping that, you know, if you're out there listening, that maybe you haven't been making time for yourself, you can take what I've learned the hard way and maybe start to take better care of yourself sooner because everyone, depending on you, needs you to take care of yourself so that you can stay healthy moving forward. And I do think that the community part, part of the reason I find that so helpful and important in listening to other people's stories is that when you realize that you're not isolated with these struggles, somehow I find it easier to get back up. And also it makes them not seem as paramount. It minimizes them makes you realize that other people have overcome them and there are ways and you can reach out to other people if you need help.
0: Totally agree. The community part is so important for all of the reasons you talked about, but also for our own humanity. I mean, we are supposed to have a community. It's one of the buffers against stress and one of the important tools of resiliency. I completely agree with you, Jen.
1: My experience, and I'm curious if you found this to be the case was that we came into a culture that was basically male dominated and we tried to adapt to the culture rather than change the culture and i feel like we're kind of just now coming to a point where we're realizing that we can adapt the culture so that it fits all of us it doesn't have to be one way the old way it can work for everyone I completely
0: agree with you, Jen. I think we did. We just tried to adapt to the culture as women in the profession. We just put our heads down and went to work, you know, because that's what we were told to do. Also, the culture of medicine, we were told to not care about ourselves, to just care for everyone else, to show up to grand rounds. It didn't matter how long your shift was the night before and be ready and prepared to go. That rest wasn't important, right? Just showing up the way they wanted you to show up was. So I think you're right, I think just now, and there's been some great women leaders in medicine like Julie Silver and her group, and you know, there's so many others as well that are leading the way and carrying the torch to adopt the culture to what should be, right? Because women bring so much to the table. I'll say one other comment about that, and that is that you know, the other thing, of course, that we all should adopt as women and men is the importance of family. Like family leave should not be a question mark (laughs) for people who work in the health profession because gosh, we know better than anyone how important it is for parents to be around, for example, right? Or if there's a sick one at home to be able to care for that older sick one or even have the time to grieve. For example, one of my friends is starting a grieving organization because there's just not time for people to grieve. So I think all of those things are humanity and it ultimately like what's the secret to success the secret to success is humanity right to lead with compassion I mean that will generate success I truly believe that and so I think we have to be mindful of those things
1: Absolutely I applaud you for being a leader who is compassionate and who is setting an example for that type of leadership So speaking about all of that and grieving as well. How has the pandemic affected your work? Yeah, (laughs) how has
0: the pandemic affected all of us, right? I would say professionally, you know, I have a great team at Medscape. I've been really fortunate. They're just incredibly smart and committed people. So we were really lucky enough to go remote. I am starting to travel again now with conferences, of course, vaccinated with masks. Personally, I think that was a really tough time for all of us. And I think just going back to women, right? Like Women ended up taking a lot of the burden. We know how many women left their professions at the end of December 2020. So I think it was tough. And I think sadly, it continues to be tough because we're still kind of there. And some of the states, we're not seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, depending where you are. And I think that's been really hard for everyone. So Having said that, I'll just end with a positive note on that, that, you know, the pandemic has opened up some insights, I think, right? Like there's more of a focus, like your organization on these issues that are just so important and the importance of self-care and self-compassion and community and all of those things. So I think that's great. And then The other focus that's opened up is technology. Like people understand that, yes, telemedicine can work and maybe digital therapeutics can work and maybe digital innovations can. So I'm kind of excited about those things. People are seeing that there's gaps in medicine and that there's innovations that can potentially solve those gaps.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And it certainly may work in favor of helping people to integrate work and life as well. All of those innovations and the silver lining of the pandemic. To ask something on a different note with your background in medical writing and in medical journalism, for someone who might be listening who is a physician who's interested in developing a side gig or a complete shift in their career into medical writing or medical journalism, what would you recommend as a place for them to get started?
0: Well, I think that would be great. I think there's so much opportunity for growth. And I think that a couple of things that I would say were very valuable for me in my career were to network. So I think to get involved with the professional societies and take those opportunities. Like for example, a couple of years back I wrote for mastering the media. I joined a committee for the American Academy of Pediatrics that got my hands wet in terms of writing and publishing. So it doesn't have to be academic publishing. There's a lot of us that are writing for news media now. You see a lot of doctors writing for that. So You know, don't be afraid to write a piece and submit it, but also reaching out to people who are already in the field. I get LinkedIn asks all the time and, you know, I'm happy to help. And then there's lots and lots of other people who are in medical journalism, who I'm sure would feel the same way. But I think networking, networking, networking is just
1: a really important thing to move your career forward. Since you mentioned networking as an excellent tool. Have you also used coaching at all in your career and personal life?
0: So two answers to that. I considered using coaching when I was going through, you know, some of my own personal challenges. I ended up doing the Emory CBCT course instead. But having said that, Jen, several of my friends have used coaching and actually I am strongly considering using coaching just to help me you know, just fine tune what's important to me in the career, but also the life-work balance. So yeah, absolutely.
1: I totally believe in that. Wonderful. One last question here before we wrap up. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be?
0: Be confident. And don't be afraid to jump. That's what I would say. I'm sorry, I have to do one other piece of advice because I think this is so important. Life is full of hills and valleys and everyone has hills and valleys. So remember that and know that if you're in a valley or a hill, things will change and go with the change.
1: Hansa Barkova, thank you so much for joining us. This is wonderful to have a conversation with you. And I'm looking forward to continuing our conversation and having discussions with you in the future, for sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jen. This is so wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us here today on Doc Working the Whole Physician podcast. I'm Dr. Jen Barna, and we look forward to seeing you next
2: time. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of Doc Working, The Whole Physician Podcast. Please don't forget to like and subscribe, and thank you for listening.